0: Back. Welcome back to Two Teachers and a Mic. We are your hosts. I'm Haleem.
1: I'm Remington.
0: And we have another really exciting guest today, uh, Miss Kristen. Uh, Kristen, why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Tell us who you are. Tell us what you want us to know about
1: you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, my name's Kristen. I'm an assistant principal of culture um, at a high school in Tennessee, and I'm just really excited to be here uh, awesome. to talk about all things Impacting education right
0: now. Yes, there are a ton of things impacting education. Um, <laughs> so little, many. Right? A little bit of background. Uh, we, uh, Holt and I both met Kristen, right, at the same time, at which was at TFA one summer, when we all worked together to get these new teachers ready to uh, do the new teacher thing. Uh, so mm-hmm. we go, we go back a little ways and we're really excited to have, excited to have Kristen, uh, with us today. Um, with that, Remington, you want to kick us off with our morning meeting question?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I like this morning meeting question. It's it let me reminisce on times of old. Um, when do you laugh at school? Exactly. I already know Halio. When when don't you laugh laugh? at school? When don't
0: I laugh? So these questions are are designed for for students, but or
1: whoever or whoever wrote it is messy. And they they know the leadership answer to that is messy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I laugh, and I don't. People may feel a way about this. I laugh the most at school when I am asking a student about something they did that they knew they wasn't supposed to be doing, <laughs> and they're trying to convince me um, otherwise. I I just find those moments so funny because from a child's perspective. I don't know. They, they, I don't know if they think they're just smarter than me, or they're c- more clever, or cunning, or what. But there, it's just such a funny experience because they're just making up all kind of shit. That's just like it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Those are the moments I laugh the most in school for sure. <clears throat>
2: That's a good one for sure. Is it my turn?
1: Yes. Yeah, go ahead, Kristen. Okay,
2: we're answering as a as a current educator or reminiscing mm-hmm. about what we used to do. Oh, you can I answer you as for you either one. Okay, I'm gonna answer both. Okay. okay, So as a kid in high school, there was I went to a, a huge public high school. It was like 2,000 kids.
1: Damn.
2: And there was something Dang. called Yeah, it was big. It was big. There's something called the Boo Squad. And oh. the Boo Squad had many members, one of which was my brother. And if you were caught in the hallway around the boo squad during transitions, they would like boo the mess out of you like, <laughs> in front of everybody. Cool. <laughs> you no know way. Yes. Yeah, so they go, somebody boo that man. And then everybody would just point at you and be like, boo. So, ah, that's <laughs> I used lit. to like, I was kind of nervous. So I used to carry my books and I would see my brother and I'd see the boo squad and be like, if I walk through this hallway, I'm definitely going to get booed. That definitely makes me laugh now. I talk about with my brother all the time. Like that's kind of booing, right?
0: Group. No, that's, big, horrible. that's horrible. That's horrible. That's <laughs> big. They're trying boys.
2: to restart it. It's their 10 their year reunion this year. Oh, no, And I no. was on Facebook and they were like, yo, we got to get the boo squad back together. Yeah, I'm, like, no, I'm a 30 know,
0: year old man. And if a group of people <laughs> tried to boo me right now, I would do my slam best to be every last one of their ass. I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would do my best.
1: Yeah, I think that's funny. I I could say, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy. I think that's funny. I'm a, I think I'm around kids less than both of y'all, though. So, like, I just see some grown ass folks booing each other. I don't think about it for children. That is I think a crippling
2: experience. Oh, they used to do it to the teachers, too. So, if, oh I was, if I was a teacher at the time, I don't know how. If my, my high school students booed me walking down the
0: hallway right now, yeah. oh my god, that. Now, that's kind of funny because that tells you everything you need to know uh, about <laughs> where you stand if you walk down the hallway and a bunch of kids booed you. Either they do it because they really, really like you or they can't stand you. Exactly. Ain't <laughs> no <Yeah>. middle ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's lit. See, I am yeah. I might I might institute that somewhere. Oh, y'all. If y'all God. looking for a school leader, don't hire my ass. Oh, don't open
2: those gates. We're going to do the out here. Ball.
1: <laughs> Yes. Um yes. so when do I laugh at school? I will say when I was before I was a consultant, when I was in schools consistently, I laughed when kids told the truth about adults, Ooh. especially truths that the adult didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in the classroom, we had a lot of alternatively licensed teachers and like, you know, who are from Teach for America. And like the whole premise of Teach for America is that I can't teach, but I want to learn. And so we, you know, we were, I worked at a school that was predominantly black and brown kids. And when you get this like really young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed teacher that comes in, and these kids have been in school all their life, they know who can and can't teach. Exactly. And so it used to make me laugh when a teacher would say, So and so told me I can't teach. And I'm like, But isn't that the whole point? Like, isn't that, you're in teacher for America, right? Isn't that true? <laughs> like, you know, and I just and you know, I couldn't respond that way as their grade team, <laughs> but you can't. Why yeah. are you mad? Like, yeah. we all know you can't yeah. teach. Adenimous like, people. that's the point. <laughs> and so why are you mad? So I had to go somewhere else and laugh about it because yeah. they weren't wrong. And so like, you thought you was going to come up over here and give these kids all of this feedback and they weren't going to give you none? Exactly. I don't think it worked like that.
0: I don't think it does either. Thanks. Um. Yeah, I think, yeah. So So laughing in school is... <laughs> Is, a, is is the best of times and the worst and of them. times. <laughs> um sometimes I, uh, I
1: used to laugh during PDs when folks said ridiculous things yeah. and I just had to try to keep it to myself.
0: Yeah. Mm. I think um some of the best laughs were probably in PDs and then Hope were in Hope and I were in a lot of those PDs together in which Jesus Christ.
2: Oh, when you have a friend who's on the same page.
1: We could never. Uh, Halim. I don't think we've ever sat together in a PD. It oh, no, just we wouldn't.
0: would dil- like no one ever had to separate us. We were just like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not it's not a good idea. It's like, you know. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Professional. Well, virtual PDs gives you so much more secrecy in communicating with your friends. Because now, something is said and everyone's head goes.
0: Yeah. Oop. into their texting. Text. Yeah, their head goes <laughs> down and they're texting. Yeah. Um, I have only been on the other end of that, uh, during this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like, y'all, I I used to be a teacher. Like I know what's happening or like a random giggle in the middle of something really serious. Like we're talking about circulation and people start giggling. I'm like, I know, (laughs) I know I'm not that funny. So, um, it's (laughs) laughter at my own expense, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, Well, so this week we've we've got we've got Kristen here and we want to talk, as always, but uh, with a little bit more, I guess, uh, specificity about the impact of, shall we say, just 2020 on educators, education, teachers, students like this has been a year and So this is my second school year as a school leader Um, and all of this school year to this point has been in pandemic last year. Only half of it was in pandemic Um, and I had a handful of, you know, new teachers who all of their experience is teaching. In a virtual environment. Um, I know a kindergartner okay. or two, all of their school experience is in a virtual environment. Like, so, I mean, there's a lot to be said here about what we're currently experiencing as educators or even as students. Um, and so, we want to spend some time today talking about, you know, what's been the material impact of. Um of COVID 19 as well as this election with Donald Josephine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: maybe even just the like the political landscape, not just the election, mm-hmm. but uh it took memes to remind me that Betsy DeVos is the mm-hmm. Secretary of Education. Not for long. I forgot know. about yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I, I mean, I, I think we could take this a couple of directions. We could talk, you know, sort of anecdotally of things that we experienced. It, the The interesting thing has, for me, has been seeing. there's been a handful of my students who did not do as well in person. They just struggled, right, with distraction and, you know, misbehavior. And now, you know, by a lot of accounts, they're thriving, for working mm. from home um either with their parent there or not uh obviously the other end of that is that there are a good number of students who are who are struggling mightily but um Yeah, Kristen, I want to open it up to you. Start us off sort of what has been what's been, I guess, your experience as an administrator, as a school leader Mm -hmm. um, so far in in whether it be 2020 or just this academic year or, you know, over the summer as we plan for this time. Like what's what's been true for you all the way down there in Tennessee?
2: Yeah, I think I'll. I'll start by saying whatever I'm about to say is going to be overly simplified Mm -hmm. uh, because this is such a complex issue that Mm -hmm. there's no way that we have enough time for me to like dig at all the layers of how 2020 as a whole has like impacted my school community, Mm -hmm. staff, administrators, etc. But I think if I were to try to draw a a common thread between all of the things that have happened in 2020, um, it's just... Trauma has made us look at ourselves mm-hmm. as a country in, in a variety of ways. It's made us look at our educational system. It's mm-hmm. made us look at economic inequities. It's mm-hmm. made us look at um, our healthcare system. And for high school students, they're really um, insightful about the things mm-hmm. that are happening in their country. They're very curious and um, they're ready to strap on their boots and be um. You know, change agents.
0: Mm-hmm. 2020
2: has disrupted that in many ways um, because learning is being lost and communities um, are being negatively impacted by COVID, mm-hmm. by our great reckoning with racial injustice over the summer that um, some people were just just finding themselves in the middle of. Um, and then, in some ways, you know, our ability to innovate through technology has empowered our students and, and built channels of communication. So I think for myself, I, we've, we've had, you know, some challenges that have seemed insurmountable at times, mm. you know, it's really hard to um, even, you know, just attendance at the high school level, it's been really hard to guarantee, mm. but um, you know, that's not for lack of effort or desire on the part of our students. There are just so many layers to what's happening right now that are impacting our sensibility to be, to be successful right now. Yeah and impacting teachers' ability to um, teach effectively. Some people are undoing years worth of pedagogical content knowledge and trying to create new foundations and innovate in new ways. So Mm -hmm. um, I would say 2020 has overall um, given us a lot of negative impacts on our students' opportunities right now. There's no sugarcoating that, and I don't think that we should try to. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, it gives us an opportunity to to reshape the landscape for the future because there's no going back to what we how we used to educate. Yep. And speaking <laughs> to your point, Remington, like Teach for America existed to innovate the educational landscape. We haven't done enough, um, mm. and there's more to be done. And so I feel like this is an opportunity for us to stop and, and say. This trauma can't have happened in vain. So what do we do next? What's what's our move to make sure that we retain what we learned and change what's not working in the future?
1: Yeah. Um, I wanted to pick up on a point of like the I don't know if anyone has said this. Um, I don't even know if we've said this, Haleem, on the podcast. We've said it in our own private conversations. Not only can we not go back, we shouldn't want to. Yeah. Like this to me and i don't want to discount the the trauma and the difficult times that covid has brought to us but like everything there is a good side and a bad side like you know i've lost a lot to covid i've also gained a lot from covid i think one of the things we've um gained from 2020 is this exposure of how america ain't what we claim that it is
0: Mm.
1: like of course my minority and marginalized people have been screaming this from the street tops uh, from the hilltops but like for the first time white folks are oppressed (laughs) and they can't get away like the and 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 granted the type of quote-unquote oppression that they experience through donald trump if you are a white person who didn't vote for donald trump like In four years, your oppression passes. But, like, at least now there's a common experience to say, when they, next time somebody says, oh, don't play the race card, I'll be like, hey, bro, you remember the Trump presidency? You remember how you (laughs) felt in 2020 when people kept trying to kill your grandma by not wearing a mask and you couldn't fix it? I still live that way. Like, don't play me to the left just because your shit ended. Don't try to act like everything is good and fine and dandy now. And so, like, as a DEI practitioner, I am forever for, from this day forth to the end of my career, I am going to be directing white people back to 2020. Because it's the most oppressive time a white liberal American has ever lived in, in the United States, period.
0: Mm, yeah. <clears throat> I think um, sort of getting back to, I guess, I guess both of you made this point of like, not trying to go back we hear a lot of rhetoric of you know we've got to try to a either recover what we've lost um from the student perspective in 2020 or you know we're just waiting for that magical day where we can get back to the status quo and get back to normal i'd love to hear from both of you sort of like What have we learned from this time in this, like, from the school space? What have we learned during this time uh, outside of the obvious capacity of our students to switch overnight um, to learn via a computer screen from their own homes?
2: Yeah, big question. I I think what I'm learning is that the operation of education, the big machine that was created to, to teach people how to be um, effective participants in the job market is not the education system that's needed for the future. And our students are calling that into question all the time. Sometimes in not the best ways, but they're still calling it into question and that, that sentiment is really important to preserve. But this time has shown us that to be a citizen in this country and affect change in the future, we need to rethink the things that we're doing to empower students at the school level. Um, what competencies are we making sure that they have? And that's not something that um, traditionally has been important at the school level. We've we've driven, and I'm not speaking about my specific school, I'm speaking about my entire educational experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've we've created a school system that is built around compliance. And let's just make sure that we're molding our students to fit within um, what we believe is most most will make them most successful in the in the Mm -hmm. career field. And right now, if I were to say that to my students, that's not what they're thinking about. They're Mm -hmm. thinking about, well, you say all of that. And I've seen this play out generation over generation. The outcomes that we're guaranteed. we're, We're seeing now that that's not. That's not promised. Mm-hmm. And so what, if, what is my space in 10 years and 20 years if I follow these steps and still find myself on the other side of this educational experience, still still oppressed um, and still fighting some of the challenges that we've been fighting for generations. Mm, yeah. And so we, we need to create spaces in our schools that allow students to be change agents. Mm. Um, And I'm not, I don't say that in a fluffy way. I think that that happens at the curriculum level. I think that happens in the disciplinary level. I think that happens with systems that we put in place at our schools, not just let's have a club about student empowerment and let's talk about this. (laughs) I don't mean that in a fluffy way. I think we need a complete renovation of some of the the structures within our education system that are specifically built towards things like compliance and standardization because that our kids are saying
0: that didn't work yeah that didn't work for you
1: yeah and it's not gonna work for me especially <laughs> right now it, it didn't work and we know it doesn't <laughs> work right um yeah um to i my the my thought was that like one thing i've learned in 2020 is that it's not kids that are holding kids back mm, yep um i work with Predomin- like as a consultant, I'm in and out of different school settings. And I don't think I have yet to hear a kid complain about COVID. Mm. Oh. They just adjust. Yep. They're like, oh, this is what we're doing now. All right. And they, they're like, all right. Like if you give me what it takes to do it, then all right, that's fine. Like they're, they're not as attached to the past as we were, mm-hmm. as we are. And so um, I think it's really important for us as adults working in education to name that any time that, anytime that you're tempted to say kids are the problem, it's probably untrue. Like it's probably either an adult or some system that is impacting the kid. And so, you know, I think it's important to just kind of, widen our perspective on what students are dealing with and what kind of variables they're responding to in life. Um, And I've been taking my cue from the kids of like, when something like this happens, that's so largely overarching and life altering, give it a shot. Just put the mask on, just log on to the computer, just like, just see what's going on. Try something new Mm -hmm. and just see how it works. And that I've really gotten that from kids in this, in this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I, I would, I would agree. Um, I'm always, and at some point I probably should stop being so completely taken aback by the infinite sort of ability of children to be resilient and mm-hmm. innovative and open. <laughs> like the, you know, frankly, the most feedback and you know, pushback we've gotten in this whole time has been from just a small, a very small handful of educators because I, I want to be clear that I believe that educators are, are equally as infinitely flexible um and adaptable and it's been made all the more clear in this time. So um mm-hmm. but I mean certainly like kids they don't have You know, like I've got a handful of teachers who've like, I've been teaching sixth grade for 10 years. Like, I know Mm -hmm. how to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't want someone telling me to do it differently. Um, But then from the kid perspective, I've only been doing sixth grade for three months. (laughs) I guess is how it goes. I mean, the thing that strikes me the most is like, the kindergartners or the first graders who, <laughs> you know, kindergarten was interrupted. So in their minds, they might be thinking that school is only until March. <laughs> and so they're in for a re-awakening. reckoning. <laughs> is it when they get to second grade? When it's like, all right, here's full time in person. This is what it really looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been something that, that has really captured um, my attention. So, I mean, we've got like, we've got this pandemic in the backdrop, right? And in the backdrop of that is, dare I say, a remarkably incompetent administration whose outright refusal to act on behalf of the people it represents has caused sort of countless loss of lives, uh, underemployment, unemployment, Um, I think all three of us, I don't want to particularly speak for all three of us, but I feel comfortable saying, you know, we have been fortunate enough to remain gainfully employed, whether that be by an employer or by ourselves in the case of Remington. Um, So, you know, there's obviously ways that we have and haven't been impacted, but there's very clear ways where I know. I've got at least 50 families who I've been in frequent contact with who um, have been directly impacted by Mm -hmm. this administration's refusal to to react on on what's happening during this pandemic. Like it's sad, it's frustrating, but so we've got the pandemic in the backdrop and then on the backdrop of that, we've got the uh, fledgling Trump administration, (laughs) which we can't (laughs) we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about.
2: <laughs> yeah, we. So the election, um, the campaigning, and the election cycle. I was really disappointed to not be in person with students because our our students are very vocal about, hmm. and not just this year because Trump has been in office doing the same shit for four years. Yeah. But our kids have been very vocal about the ways that they perceive this country operating without integrity. Our mm. leaders who are um, kind of showing that our democracy in some ways is a sham and they like demand answers and they demand accountability and they are just a little frustrated that they're not <laughs> 18 yet. Yeah. Um, so I was ex- I was eager to have um, some really critical conversations with them and, and to create opportunities for them to, you know, have impact on their communities where they can. But this election, when, you know, we had the the week of wondering what the hell is gonna happen, like who won? (laughs) Um, I opened up like several town halls for our students to just talk about it. Like, what are you feeling right now? And was kind of surprised to see um, the opposite of what I expected. So I expected Mm. all of our students to come in and talk with us about, uh, here's how I'm feeling. Here's the questions that I have. I'm really excited about this and I'm afraid about this. Um, But I think our students, you know, if I zoom out and ask myself, you know, why, why weren't they well attended or, um, you know, for the students who were there, why were they feeling the things that they did, which ranged from um, excitement, like finally, you know, when it was announced that Biden won, finally Trump is out to students who had a little bit more understanding of the complexity of the issue. Uh, I'm, I'm scared of retaliation, what happens now? What's he gonna do in the next two months to, to make it harder? Is this real? Um, I think our students have had like an extreme emotional tax over the last four years and realized that they had been holding their breath, staff as well, myself included, Mm. the last four years and are just in this place of feeling like, what, what now, are we in the eye of the storm or has the storm passed, Mm. so I think that that's something that our students are still processing and are going to need space to continue to do so. And we'll continue to offer them places to and opportunities to process. But that's kind of where we all are. It's just now what?
1: Yeah. Um, Kristen, I have a question that I'm realizing just kind of came to mind. Like with you being an AP of culture, how are you like... For folks who, you know, for folks who don't understand what that is, like, because one of the things that I'm encountering in my um, consulting is that there are a lot of schools who don't understand that culture is built. Like a lot of people are intentionally building academics and curriculum and rules and regulations and like you, you actively build a sports team, but like the dean of culture, the AP of culture is fairly new. So Mm -hmm. like, can you explain like what your role is and why it's impactful and like needed in a school building? And then secondly, how have you been building culture and relationship in a virtual world? Because that is what a lot of schools are struggling with is how do I attach and like Mm -hmm. relate to someone through the screen?
2: Yeah, of course. So um, an AP of culture. Culture is, like you said, something that's constructed intentionally um, or it's something that just happens. Mm-hmm. And if you allow culture to just happen, <laughs> then you're likely to encounter a culture that you didn't want in the first place. So it's really important to be intentional about it. Um, and we're we're a fairly new school um, where I work. So we're still in the process of creating the, the culture that we want to see. I'll be transparent about that. But my role consists of everything from discipline to um, creating events for our students, clubs, activities, community partnerships, um, just anything non-academic that impacts all stakeholders across our school, Mm. students, staff, families, Mm. um, falls within my realm. And I manage a team of people who who do that. And this is the first year of this role at my school. And so my focus for this year was going to be on what we were planning on being in person. We're just going to be on um, behavior interventions and really fleshing out a system to disrupt um, some disciplinary inequities present in in our school system at large. Um, Then COVID happened and that didn't happen this year. And so um, I've been working and trying to innovate and find ways to still bring our school community together. And I do not, I'm not an expert on that. It's been really difficult to um, figure out where we can find time and space and, you know, the the methods that students want to build a community when we're all in isolation. And those two things can work together. And we're still trying to figure out how to fit that that peg in the hole. But um, some things that we have tried, we've done various um, community nights. We brought parents in. we brought in speakers that are aligned around student interests um, the big thing right now is everybody wants to build a business, and so we've had business nights, beer on boss seminars. We've had games. Really? Stuff. Yeah, your kids are interested in that. Oh yeah, you see it all over Instagram and social media all the time, where somebody um, starts a small T-shirt business, or starts a bag business, or uh-huh. starts yeah. a shoe business. You know. Uh, and I think it's great. Entrepreneurship wow. now is more accessible than it's probably ever been because of students access to everybody's access to technology.
0: Yeah, there, so, there is a a boom in entrepreneurship right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised that that young people are taking advantage of it. I haven't seen it at scale Um but obviously, with like that high school sort of component to it, that's uh, that's really interesting. That's exciting as well. Yeah,
1: that just gave me a little. I didn't know that was a thing. That's mm-hmm. what's up.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Everybody's you know offering services, and not everybody, but we have a more than when I was in high school. I'll say we have more yeah. students who are willing to you know create a brand and, and start a service or start a business. I love. So it. that's been exciting. I think if I were to give advice to people survey your students and figure out what they're interested in and then connect them with community partners who um, can talk to them about those things. Uh, When we were hosting, when I was hosting events, students were like, yeah, I'll come talk to you, Ms. Sewing. But they were really excited to come talk to others um, Mm -hmm. in the community who are aligned around their interests. Um, But then with high school, it's, it's you're in a very different community because our students have outside of school obligations that, Mm -hmm. um, restrict their time. A lot of our students have jobs, or they, they care for siblings, or they transport caregivers. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. when you open up space from 4 to 5 p.m. for students to do something that not all of them are always available. So you have to be respectful of that. Um, and we're still trying to figure out how we can, you know, build build a school community and a school culture virtually.
1: That's what's up. Like, I did not, I don't know. This just opened up a whole new set of eyes to me. Yeah. I'm going to come me. to, come yeah, to, I'm come to I'm, I I got some things I want to work with you on. Okay. I you got to get me on board. I'm going come come sure. to come. Next um, year
2: on boss seminar. I'll invite yeah, you.
0: Please. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's really cool because, uh, i right. Hope you, you haven't worked with high schoolers before, right? Like in a formal setting.
1: I did for a gifted summer camp and oh, so like okay. some and that was like three years in a row where I did high school there but outside okay. of that no
0: yeah I have no high school experience except for when I went to high school so I think that's just like a population <laughs> They're fun. that's unaccounted for and they, work, they keep it real between the two of us All I can only time. imagine so my current AP she, <laughs> lo- she loves high schoolers and she's like mm-hmm. I love middle school. I love you, but you know when we're talking about a high school, let me know because that's where I'm trying to be, um, which is dope, right? I think I think about my oh, gosh, you call it an awakening, political, socio political awakening. It happened in in 11th grade funny fun story i recently reconnected with my 12th grade ap english teacher miss i'm gonna say her whole name laura antoniak she is hands down the woman who taught me how to write okay mm-hmm. before her uh, the 12 years before I got to 12th grade, I didn't know nothing about right I thought I'd do something, you know, I had good grades, didn't know. And she added me on Facebook and she wished me happy birthday. My birthday was last week. And I was like, oh my God, Miss Antoniak. And she used to tell us in class, like, listen, you're here, you're here to learn. Like she didn't take no shit. She didn't play even for a little bit. Like y'all are basically grown and if you want to do this, you can, if you don't just get the fuck out because I got folks in here who know they need it. She's like during this year, kids are going to come back in here and they're going to hug me talking about, you know, you taught me this, that that's what they do every year. So you're going to see it. So take it from me or not, but we're doing a real deal in here. And we reconnect, I reconnected with Miss Antoniak and it was dope. And so high school is like a really critical time. I think, you mm-hmm. know, I, I love middle school and it just really excites me. Um, all of the fun things that we, we learn and we teach them and they learn about themselves. But yeah, that's a perspective that sort of has gone un uh, um, named explicitly, um, on, on our little podcast. Cause we don't have a ton of, of high school background. Um, yeah, hey yeah, you
2: guys should get some high school students up in here they will definitely
1: um that would experience be kind of lit Yo, yeah so we
0: so our all of our former students that we were with together are now in high school they are in high school <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of QT 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 cubed Oh. <laughs> I had a dream about
1: them last night, and oh, when shit. I tell you they were just as bad in a dream as they were. Oh, damn! So I mean, your favorite dudes are always the ones that. Like, oh, right. we had a good time though. Oh yeah. And, yeah, it was a good time.
0: We <laughs>
2: need to
1: get them. They're like, Mister Ho, why are you dreaming
2: about
1: us? Yeah, hey, exactly. I've been dreaming about. i dream about my kids all the time. Oh, I've got.
2: Yeah. Don't I, I
1: don't know if you can see through. Through my microphone, like through the splash, uh, the splash protector and the microphone, there's an NACS picture right over there. And
2: uh,
1: I can't see it. it's, it's got all the kids' names on it. And so I sleep right under that picture. And so yeah. I be I wake up in the mornings. I don't want to get up. I turn and I look at that and I read the names and the messages. And I'd be like, you know what? I got to go ahead and get this thing. got to do it. it. You got to so, do it. Um, yeah, I think students
2: right now are really um, at least at the high school level, Mm -hmm. in my experience, are more so now really, um, you know, taking stock of how much their teachers care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with with in-person, all of the restrictions of an in-person setting removed, all Mm -hmm. the rules and things like that. Exactly. When we just strip it bare to just, I'm here to teach you and I'm here to do um, whatever I can to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're successful. Our students are really seeing and appreciating that. And so, you know, I think we were speaking about positive impacts of this time. That's one that we should absolutely elevate. Is I think the partnership between students and families and teachers mm-hmm. has grown stronger um, because this they the kids see it. They know this is not easy, and they mm-hmm. are always like, "I hats off to y'all. Y'all are trying. We're all <laughs> that's trying.
1: what's up. That, that is, is so nice. Yeah, that's dope. It is nice.
2: I'm like, re- remember that when
0: we go back in person, remember all
2: exactly,
0: these calls, exactly. messages. <laughs> I, I mean, and and seriously though, I do think that, and I've said this explicitly to my staff, like I think that, you know, you are building stock with your students right now in a mm-hmm. more controlled environment. And so they're going to be inclined to remember some of the ways that you've been impactful to them in this time. and Because at some point, we are going to be back in person. And hopefully you'll be able to cash in on what some good favor (laughs) when we're back (laughs) in the building uh -hmm. it's up to you though
1: and it it really does take you a long way like halim i'm thinking now about how much we did for our kids when we were teaching together. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, there are two things that I never forget. The day that you took me in your car to deliver report cards, because I had not done it before. Mm-hmm. And just the way that, and you talked about how impactful it is for your teacher to come to your home. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember there were three kids when we showed up, like, I was like, you know, I wonder what how they going to feel but they were just it was a little awkward but they were also like my teacher's here like yeah. they care about me you know what i'm saying and yeah. so i'll just never forget that because like you would never have known from the way that they show up in school like oh you know whatever we don't like mr who is a. Uh, we don't like their class but yeah all of a sudden now we real likable now that we here yeah. in front of you and your mama <laughs> and your auntie you know it yeah.
0: mm-hmm. gets you a lot of mm-hmm. stock later on yeah you gotta build those sort uh... of deposits um so i think i think what's next is the edge up and hope do you give us a little overview of what the edge up is i have a very different edge up today and i'm actually excited to talk about it but hope good outline what the edge up is for kristen
1: Okay. So the way that, you know, like our whole um, our whole podcast is teacher themed. So, you know, we start out with the morning meeting and then we talk about the, we do the direct instruction piece, which is what we just did. We talk about whatever hot topic is for the day, make sure we meet our objectives. But then we come <laughs> to the end, we get the edge up. This is where somebody got to get some feedback. And so, you know, like when you got the little haircut and it ain't quite, it ain't all good, but it ain't all bad. You go in and you just need some corrective feedback. So you go and get your little edge up. And so the edge up is the portion where we choose something that impacts education and we give somebody some corrective feedback.
2: Mm, okay.
1: Um, I'm happy to go first. Um, Nope, go ahead.
0: So I don't know who these people are, and I, I'm sure I'm going to butcher their names, but there is a, I guess, like socialite, social media personality. I don't know what he's famous for. His name is Rolling Ray. And <laughs> yes, and <laughs> he has some kind of, beef. I think like his, his sort of claim to fame is like having beef with people. I don't know. But he has this beef with another person whose name I, I can't, I don't know, and I can't find. Is it uh, Saucy
1: Santana? That's what it is. Saucy that? Santana. Yep, and
0: that. Saucy Santana made a diss track to Rolling Ray talk in the title of the song is Let walk. Me See You Walk. And Rolling Ray cannot walk. He is confined to a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could see Holt's face right now. That is the face I was making when I learned about this. You're lying. I wish I was. So this edge up is for Saucy Santana. I've heard the song just because I scrolled and saw it on Instagram and, you know, initially I'm like, oh, this is an interesting song. And it's like the video, the, 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 the sort of picture is like, uh, the video is just like people walking like a really, you know, strut. But when you learn that it's a, uh, in response to this brother who can't walk, I'm like, is this what we're doing? Like of all the things that are going on in the, in America, in the world, we making diss tracks talk about, let me see you walk to people who can't like, for real. That's how you gonna handle this. And I mean, like, I'm sure that these two probably have some kind of agreement, and that, you know, they're trying to get clout, but it's just like, where is the line here? This is inappropriate. It's disrespectful <laughs> as fuck. Like, I and I haven't, luckily I have not seen anyone on my feed repost it, because that would no. be a problem. But, <laughs> Yeah, let me see you walk. So Saucy Santana, I, I want to add you up real quick, brother. I don't know a whole lot about you, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I need you to go ahead on and, and log off for me. Go ahead and log off <laughs> for me. That's not that's not cute. the video
2: is him like strutting. Up and down the hallway.
0: Yeah, yeah it's like,
2: really disrespectful.
0: Yeah, it's like, and this song is just like, let me see you walk, 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 and you're like, it's catchy. But then when you later, like me, learn it's about a nigga who can't actually walk. I'm like, wait, really? That's,
1: That's fucked up.
0: Of all the gifts God <laughs> gave you, you want to make us diss track about? Like, I mean, everybody knows, right? When you're doing the dozens or riffing or roasting. Mm-hmm nothing is off limits, but there are things that are off limits, yeah. right? Come on. So that's that was what was in my heart. It's not as political as we normally go. I think the last person I edged up was Donald Trump, but Saucy, <laughs> uh, I want to edge you up, and I want to invite you to the podcast. <laughs> Okay. No, I want to invite don't, you to nigga, podcast get the and get out. you to get. No, no I, want saucy I redacted, redacted, I nigga. Want saucy don't come, come over. Here <laughs> and I want to get his ass. No, rolling ray again. needs to come to the podcast. Give him a platform. Okay. Uh, how about that's a good idea. How about rolling ray? Rolling Ray we're invite you to podcast. Come on, brother.
1: I, okay, I'll you. go with that. I I stand up for the rights of the uh disabled, you know, okay. people with disabilities. <laughs> I'm is. with it. Not saucy Santana so, Okay. I, okay. Saucy, you cannot come. Rolling Ray. Thank you. Thank we you. Glad I'm have with you, it, my brother.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: that was out of left field. Do we hey, all do a? Do a we edge can. Up? Do yes, you have everyone anything? does
0: an edge up. Who do you want to edge up, Kristen?
2: I have to think about it. There okay. are so many people whose whose lineups are crooked right now. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> ain't that hey. true?
0: Um so Holt
1: you want to go and then we'll let Kristen I don't go think I don't technically have one I'm scrolling through Twitter right now to see if there's anything I remember from earlier in the week that maybe made me mad but like I don't know people People who don't know this I just don't fuck with social media I have too many things going on in my life to be because if I had seen that on my timeline I would be irate I have an I have enough things my masters is in special ed so I'd have to find that nigga and whoop his ass I mean, because kind of you are not. We're that's one thing we're not doing is talking about folks with disabilities. Yeah, get out of here. He's talking here about the disabilities
0: of the folks with disabilities.
1: Man, mm-hmm. good night. Imagine if I wrote an IEP on there and the one of the goals was walk.
0: Right face Jesus.
1: Okay, goodness. all right, buddy. <laughs> all right, buddy. Um. So yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I have one this week. At least not one that I can think of. I be trying not to get mad at folks. I try. I stay mad. Do you? I respect.
2: It. Yeah, I have. I don't know who in this scenario needs to edge up, but I'm thinking about the fight between Nate Robinson Lord and heavens. Jake Paul. Mm. Yeah, I just don't feel. I I think it's either one of the fighters or yeah. just the boxing federation as a whole. Right. We, don't, we didn't need that right now. Did it's not need to see so violent another black man get knocked out by this troll. And he's like, like known for being problematic and has said racist shit. So, Oh, the white Jake Paul. Yeah. Jake Paul is like the worst.
1: Nobody likes
2: him except his fans.
1: And I don't know if it's him or his brother, his brother, Logan Paul. They're also like both white YouTube people. Logan Paul went, to the suicide forest in Japan, which is like literally a place where people have gone and hung themselves and there are dead bodies hanging in there. And he did like a YouTube live from there poking around dead bodies and making fun of people who had committed suicide.
0: Oh my gosh. It's just awful.
2: And then his family member goes on national television or pay-per-view and just knocks out a basketball player that nobody was thinking about right now. And so now we have this headline that nobody wanted mm. and just this poor performance. I don't know. Wait. I don't know who to blame. I think they all just need to be shaved bald Wait. <laughs> <started> in 2021.
0: <laughs> okay. So this might reveal some of my ignorance. Are they not actual boxers? No. I, didn't know I, that. Just <laughs> found, I just found I just found
1: that out. I just found that out oh, two days ago that then. neither of them are actual boxers. Jay I didn't Paul know
2: he's done one other fight and he won it. And I forgot who it was against in this moment. But no, in in this year of 2020, we are just letting anybody <laughs> step <laughs> into the ring and fight.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> if that's that okay? <laughs> shit, um, let me get in the ring with Donald then. Shit, let me go ahead and fight <laughs> Donald. Shit you and everybody I, else so i just i just honestly dismiss it as like yeah that's what happens when boxers box someone gets knocked out unfortunately it was the black guy i didn't realize that these were just two niggas like hey let's do this fight <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Ned Robinson laughs> is a
0: basketball
1: player he's oh, short wow and some success but <laughs>
2: yeah and that's it was That's the night funny. of um, the Tyson fight, so like everybody tuned in for that, which was its own thing. I understand why that one didn't wasn't as hype because you, they're like fifty. You can't knock this man out; he might yeah. not get up ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I remember being a like- ki- I remember being a child, and for whatever reason, like I've never been in any proximity to Mike Tyson. I, he was like, whatever Santa Claus is to a young child, Mike Tyson was the opposite. I was terrified of this
1: man. He just seemed like a not, like a demon, like a demonic force. He's unhinged, you know, in that I've heard a lot of podcasts talking about like interviews and stuff that he's done recently. And when they were interviewing him either about this fight or the fight before that, he was like, you know, I had to stop fighting because I can't, yeah. I can't not kill my opponent cuz I can't not kill my opponent. When I get in the ring, I I I I, I just lose it. I just can't oh not my kill God. my opponent. Yeah. So, why
0: you got to do the voice? I love the the voice uh, as a layer of excellence to it. I was terrified of Mike Tyson. I probably still am. Like I would probably yeah. He's I would eaten ears before. Yeah, I would decline to be in the same space with Mike Tyson for sure. Um oh Okay. Well, Hope, one last final chance. Do you want to edge anybody up?
1: Uh, I find it, let me think, let me think. I think I do, how about this? One thing that has been bothering me is white folks' unwillingness to recognize that this is the same America that it's always been. Mm. I hate that white people are acting like America is now a dumpster fire or it's in the dumpster or it's a piece of shit now that you're the one that's Mm. oppressed. Everything that we've said for the last 400 years in this country, y'all have said it for four years, one 100th of the amount of time that we've said it and now all of a sudden we're going to hell in a handbasket. Oh. So, and like, the reason that it bothers me is that it, it likens itself so much to cultural appropriation. White people think mm-hmm. when they find something, that's when it was discovered.
0: Mm. I.E. America. Uh-oh. There
1: were a million niggas living here before you got here. <laughs> and you killed them it. all and said, look what we found. We discovered If you it. don't shut your dumb ass up, there were already people. people. People here, (laughs) like (laughs) oppression is not new. Mm, Stop it. Oh, we're living in such trying times. We've been living in trying times. Perilous times. Perilous. Mm. So I just, I don't know. I need white folks to do better. I need them to put some respect on history, on history's name. Period.
2: Yeah, that's true. I saw that this summer when everyone was just now realizing that, Racial injustice was a real thing, yeah, um, and people were saying using the word "unprecedented" a lot. Oh my
0: god!
2: And I was like, "This is none of this is unprecedented, yeah. and this is not our country is not realizing or or encountering anything. Our country is in the middle of what it's always been in the middle of." Yeah. So that was frustrating, but you know, you put you give that feedback, exactly. edge them up real quick,
1: yeah. real quick. Come on, that's the that's the good thing about edge up. It don't take as long as a haircut. It don't- <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, but listen, that's real. And I think white people now are in the practice of identifying the right oppressor. And mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to practice asking all the good questions because, um, you know, we are, we're finding ourselves in a time of identifying the simple oppressor, like, uh, you know, students are on, on the computer too long. So it's, yeah. the, it's the school's fault. And it's like, this is, this is the wrong oppressor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Zoom out. Who Who is creating these conditions in the first place? Who's setting the bar? Yep. And, you know, that's their next task,
1: so. <laughs> they got a long to-do list, too. They got a long to-do list.
0: Yeah.
1: This episode was lit.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um brings me into the outro which is that's our show uh we are two teachers on the mic kristen this was fun we got to have you back more frequently yeah. we're going to designate yeah. you as a special senior correspondent so uh, <laughs> y'all yes. will hear more from kristen in the future don't you worry um Bring me hit us up well, well kristen first kristen do you want to pub anything your social media any acts that you want people to know about you and then we'll do ours
2: no, no. Okay, <laughs> I'm about to say. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want
1: them in your business like I mean, that. Hey,
2: that's up to you. Hey, I am just giving you the opportunity. If the answer is no, <laughs> I'm thinking thing. about my social media. Um no, but if you know, this is kind of silly, but it's a hobby of mine. I do like to make educational music videos. And So if anybody <laughs> wants to check me out, check me out on YouTube, get my view count up because okay. you, it's up. Um, we're talking about Grammys and that's where I'm trying to be. So um, <laughs> pers- YouTube. Yeah. They need to create a Grammy educational video yeah. category. I went every I year. love it. You they
1: do win. have YouTube awards every year. There are there are um video influencer awards, so
2: there you go great let's get my view count up so i can influence right now it's hovering
0: i have seen i don't think i've told you this Kristen. i have stolen some of your um videos and shared them with my staff uh before so so yes they are very good uh well hit us with what is what are our what are our socials and
1: um on twitter and instagram the number two teachers underscore a mic And if you want to email us issues that you are experiencing in school, trouble with virtual stuff, questions you have for the show, it is the number two teachers in a mic podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Give us a follow. We love to hear from listeners and we just might read your question on the show. Okay.
0: Uh, well alright folks that's our show thanks for listening and we will get back at you in the next episode peace